delighted to be joined uh, by Susan O'Donoghue, who is a, a psychotherapist and a relationships mentor. And uh, um, this is kind of my weekly therapy. I'm beginning to think about it like that now, Susan. How are you? Great, Fran. How are you? Great, great to see you. And uh, you were our panellist last week as well. So we're, we're making full use of you now, Susan. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. You're going to talk to us about leadership with consciousness. Well, what do you mean by that? Yeah, well, I suppose I was here last Friday and they were talking about political leaders and all that. And it's not just that. It's leadership like anybody who has the care of somebody else, whether it's uh, like as parents were the architect of the family. I mean, as uh, as a relationship mentor, I sit with people. So I have a responsibility around uh, looking at my own behaviour and my own consciousness. And where am I in that? Because if I don't, I'm not in a place to sit with somebody else. So I think anybody who has the care of anybody else, whether it's teachers, whether it's uh, especially, I think, our leaders in politics. Right. And uh, even as as employers and stuff like that, we need to take on the responsibility of taking care of our own behaviours and how are they and what kind of, what what are we modelling? Because that's so important, isn't it? Because we all learn from watching other people and as children especially we do, but even as adults, you know, you'll often hear like that somebody really respects somebody. Do mm. you know what I mean? Or they'll mm. think, oh my God, I'd love a bit of what they have or something like that. So I think... Uh, continuous personal reflection. That's what I like to call it, right? So to find to find that space where you can do that takes a lot. You need safety. And you know, you were just talking there about, um, with Phil, about that girl who, say, was at the Christmas party, you know, and I, I'd, I'd suggest to her, just mind yourself in it, you know what I mean? Yes. And if you need support, go get it, you know, yeah. because that can be hugely traumatic, you know, to have to go in then the next day and face everybody and weeks later, you know, you're still being slagged. That's so upsetting, isn't it? And there's no safety there. She was saying she was laughing it off, but underneath, I'm sure it was... It's a protector, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a protector, yeah. It's it's her way of trying to manage it. Do you know what I'm saying? Instead of coming out... And the thing about it is, is it safe to come out and say, lads, I really feel bad about what happened. I'm really upset over it. Please don't keep slagging me because it's really upsetting me. Yes. Do you know, like, is it possible to say that? And that's what I mean by safety in, in a place. Like... And we like the people who are slagging her. Then that's their protector, mm. right? So then you have like defensive behaviour or protector, meeting protector, and then there's no communication, no honest, open, direct communication. What there is then is there's more protectors, protectors, and nobody gains from that. It just keeps us stagnant, or even pushes pushes us back at times. So I think to create safety in a workplace in the country from our leaders yeah and it comes from the top down there's mm. no two ways about it um in our homes in our schools it's a blessing there's no two ways about it to be able to go in and voice what you need to voice and know that you won't be judged that you won't be slagged that you won't be told shut up that you won't be told that you're stupid that you won't be told all these things because i think they're huge fears for us mm. Like, and I would just say to people, like, in your workplace, right, or even in your family of origin, how safe was it for you to say, if somebody said something really mean, how safe was it for you to say, listen, that really upsets me, please don't say that again? And for for many people, of course, that wasn't an option, you know? Well, for me, it definitely wasn't anyway. You know, you'd be told, get on with it and pull your socks up and cop on. You wouldn't even be listened to. I don't think they would have heard me anyway. But I think that creating that relational safety and that psychological safety is huge, no matter where, what, what setting you're in. And to get to that place for a leader or for somebody... Um, an, an architect of the family, for teachers, principals, for whoever, 
you need the opportunity to find that safety for yourself to examine your own behaviour. It's interesting because, I mean, we would have heard about a lot of historic leaders that weren't prepared to listen to the truth, for example, from minions around them. You know, they were afraid to bring them the truth of what was happening with battles in the case of Hitler and in the case of other uh, well-known figures. So they had built this thing around them that, you know, don't don't bring me. Yeah, well, they were living out of their perception of their story. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because if you listen to Hitler's story, he had a fairly hard upbringing. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't all hugs and kisses and love, far from it. So, and I'm not saying that's an excuse. Of course, that's of course, not yes, an excuse. Yeah, yeah. But if we get an understanding of how he came to hate the Jews, yes. yeah, and if we understand that, and then we look at, oh my goodness, sure, that's what was driving him. It may not drive other people if they were brought up like that, but that seems to be what was driving him. And then that that's a protector now, right? So that's his way of. I suppose, putting up a wall against his, um, I suppose, what he felt the Jews did did to him, right? So that's what he was doing back. So that's a protector. So as long as we criticise, we blame, we put him down and all that, right? There's no doubt the behaviour has to be stopped. But if we get an understanding of where he's coming from, it's only then... Yes that we can put like support him to have a look at himself. But isn't that very interesting in the world that we're in now, the world of single narrative, where open discussion is discouraged for fear that you may create some other sort of dynamic. But but it's, it's nobody's talking about the stuff that that's important to them. You know? Yeah, well, I think people are becoming really fearful to say anything or speak out what they feel, right, yes. from their own perception. And it's not that... I mean, if I say something here in this, the show, right, it's not that I say it to hurt anybody else, but it's my perception of it, mm. right? That's the only place I can come from is my story. I can't come from anyone else's because I didn't live it. So I'm just working out my own story. Now, to be open to what other people have to say, mm. Mm. that's beautiful because then I can have a discussion. I'm not trying to shove my beliefs or my perception down somebody else's throat. But it's nice to be able to sit with somebody and say, this is how I feel around it now. That doesn't mean that I'll feel that way around it in three months' time. But at the moment, this is how I feel around it. Isn't that a lovely, like, yes. kind way Isn't to be able just... to express, you know? Well, I remember over the years being involved with management, for example, but nobody ever gave me that kind of information. Yeah, well, I don't think, see, it's huge now, right? Say Amy Edmondson would have been one of the, the fearless organisations, one of her books, but she would have done huge research on organisational and psychological safety. And she said when people don't speak up, the, organ, the organisation's ability to innovate and grow is threatened. Wow. And that is the truth, because if we dampen down what people say, if, we, if they're not allowed to voice what what their creative expression or if they're fearful around being called stupid or, you know, yes. making them look like less intelligent or, you know, if if that kind of sense of protectors are at work, what happens then is people won't express it because it's too fearful. It's too threatening. So we lose this amazing, um, I suppose... Uh, what it's would a you resource, call it? oh, isn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, like people's, yeah. you know, inner thoughts. That's how we create, that's how we express, that's how we come up with new ideas, how we're innovative. So if we don't allow that in organise, and this has been recognised for years now, so there's a huge amount of books out around it, but if we don't recognise that, now we're in trouble. Hmm. Now there's no new creations, there's no, you know, coming up with fabulous ideas, you know, and that's why, like, in a lot of American companies would have adopted it first, of course, right, yes, for this yeah. organisational psychological safety, uh, where you're allowed to speak what you feel without hmm. criticism. Yeah, many of those companies, they've taken the formality 
out of the corporate world as well. Yeah, too. they try to make it comfortable for people <coughs> yes. to be able to voice what they believe and what they... like. You know, I suppose it's very threatening sometimes to be sitting in an organisation if they don't have that safety, you know what I mean? And it's hard even if you've worked on yourself, mm. yeah? And mm. if you've looked at your own behaviours. But you'll get a sense, won't you, when you walk into a room of whether it's safe or not. Mm. You know, you might only be in the room two minutes and you'll get this sense of, ooh... I'm not you, going to say that in you here. You mean you're picking up on the atmosphere of, of the room? And yeah, the, yeah, you know. And you know by people. And like they say, tone of voice is one of the, you know, um, I suppose, one of the most hurtful things. And it is. The way people say stuff can be so damaging to how you feel around about yourself, you know. And I think that, uh, you know, the verbal communication, that's just like a tiny percent of it, isn't it? Body language is huge. How someone actually, mm. you know, looks at you when they say something, you know, the look that kills. It's everything combined but I think that the verbal is only a tiny bit of it you know it's how you say something It's interesting isn't it yeah mm. you, you can take this into the home then I guess as well yeah. in terms of leadership I suppose and Of course it is sure look as parents aren't we the architects of the family yeah. so if we're not it's all back down to the continuous personal reflection it's all back down to looking at our own behaviours it's never about working on somebody else right and that's the mistake I think and it's not really a mistake, but that's the protector we use a lot, is that we look out there and try and fix what's going on. You know, oh, my child or my, you know, my my, my husband or, you know, my wife or whatever. They're, um, you know, it's their fault. Mm. We'll blame, right? Because it's it's easier to blame out there than to actually look at what's going on inside for us. Because when we have to look what's going on inside, we have to look at our story. Because that's where we're coming and, from. And, and sometimes that's very difficult painful. to do, isn't it? Hugely yeah. painful. But in my experience... And from everybody I've ever sat with, it's more painful to stay in that hidden place. Yes. Yeah. So it's such a relief to be able to not hide that anymore and to be able to express what I truly feel. There's nothing in the world as freeing or as wonderful as that. There's nothing harder than to be in that protective place where I feel threatened by everything. Mm. Yeah, that's surviving. When I get to the stage where I can find a bit of safety within relationship with somebody else, because remember, it's true relationship that we build these protectors, that we put them together for ourselves to mind us, yeah? There's nothing wrong with them. They're there to protect us, yeah? So we put them in place to keep ourselves safe. But we're so amazing that we keep it unconscious to ourselves, right? Now, I know, I, I think we're fabulous. I think we're amazing. I, I think we're just ingenious. And just how we get by. How we get by as small children and how we put all these protectors in place to mind us going forward. And then what happens is we carry them into our adulthood where we don't nece necessarily need them anymore because now we are definitely in charge of our own lives once we hit 18, yeah? We, now we're really writing our own book. Yeah, in the sense of we can do it consciously where we don't have to use these protectors anymore. But because we've put them into place and because the world is so fearful and we haven't found the safe space to look at them, we just continue on with them. And I get a lot of clients who will say to me, why do I keep get, drawing the same kind of relationships the whole time? Why do I keep, you know, ending mm. up with the same people? Like, why does this keep happening to me? And it's because we need to find the safety to explore our behaviours and see what's going on for us so that we can connect it back to our story. So therefore, we'll have an understanding of why we use it. And it's never about not using it. It's about understanding it. Because the minute I understand it, then I know why I'm using it. And now I have a choice around it if I want to use it or not. And what happens, Susan, when you begin to get a grasp on all of this? 
but you're still not getting it right. Do you know what I mean? There's no getting it right, though, is there? Is there yeah. Do you know what I mean, a friend? There's no right or there's no wrong in this. It's just our. What I see it is, is yeah. it's like a life journey. It's not. It's not something like I wish there was a switch when I started. Right. I, the impatience was huge. That I just wanted not to be living like this anymore. It was too hard. I just wanted to just get over it and be done and just live, you know, consciously and not have any, you know, stuff annoying me anymore. But the, I think it's like. We, it takes us so long to put all these protectors in place. There is no magic switch. There is no magic pill. There is no magic anything. But I guarantee you that if you start this journey, you won't go back because right. it's freeing. It's too it's too hard to live with all those protectors because everything is fearful. You know what I mean? And you just don't understand what's happening for you consciously. Now, there's always a knowing there. Because mm. remember, we mm. put this stuff in place, but it's unconscious to us. So once we start to bring it to consciousness and understand oh, that's why I'm doing this. That's why, like, I, I feel fearful when I'm in this situation. Or that's why I feel so threatened when whatever happens to me, you know what I mean? Like, for me personally, it would have been conflict. Mm. I would have ran a million miles from fighting. I hated it, right? It absolutely scared the life out of me. So I would have been the passive one where I would run away and went into the corner and, oh, wait, was gone, yeah? Also, a carer, being a carer was another one for me because then I got seen, true caring so we take on these protectors right and they work wonderfully for us when we're small they get us to 18 but now do I really need it anymore I'm going to keep using it unless I understand it Mm. but the minute I can connect back sure you know um like my mum, my mum has passed away, and she would have been, she would have had loads of labels like manic depressant and all that, and it was a very tough upbringing. So it's no wonder I was fearful of conflict. So when I started to join the dots of it, do you know what I mean? And started to see that, sure, my mother would have been aggressive, right? So it scared the life out of me. And that doesn't mean now that everybody who's, who sees aggression will respond of like course, that. Yes, but, but that, that was, was my, your, your u- story, my unique yes. story and yes. my unique way of responding. So it took me a long time then to be able to assert myself and not to be so fearful around aggression. It's yeah. very interesting indeed. And uh, as I say, even when you understand then or you're coming to an understanding of what is driving some of our actions not always can we act upon that and fix that. As you say, it's a journey. It's, it's a, a journey. journey. And the thing about it is, is I always see it like there's so there's some protectors that are harmful, right, yes. to others, yeah? And I think those protectors, obviously, there needs to be boundaries around them, yeah? What, what do you mean, like addiction? Like... I mean, like, um, say, aggression. Someone's aggression, aggression yes. And they actually lash out and hit somebody. Like, there needs to be boundaries around that, right? But I guarantee you, the person who's been hit, right, needs as much support as the person who is hitting and vice versa. So we don't, we don't, like, if we're in a really now, people place, will jump up and down I know, at I that. Know. You, you know, know that, don't I know you? That, you know and say, I know, and know. that's important that they do if that's yeah. where they're at. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's the way I see it. Yes. But what I'm saying is that, like, if we look at behaviours of somebody who lashes out on somebody else, of course the behaviour should be stopped. Of course there should be consequences put in place. Of course there should be. But if we just put people into jail and lock them up, right? Mm. If we do that, right? We're not solving any problem. We're just locking them up. And like it's been it's been proven over and over again that people who get locked up in prison come out the other end and they're even... They're even, you know, they're, yeah. there's no, yeah. there's no, there's no like, and I know they get loads of stuff in prison and I know they get better treated than older people sometimes and I know all that, right? But I'm not saying that side of it. I'm just saying that if we get an understanding of what's actually happening for them, there may be some way then to support them 
that they can look at themselves and look at their own behaviours so that if they ever do have a getting out date, right, Mm. that they have done the work on themselves, that maybe they'll be in a better place. As opposed to just locking them up. As opposed to just locking them up and leaving them there. Yeah, right. and leaving them get involved in whatever goes on in prisons, which, you know what I mean, yeah. would be interesting to go in and research. And when you <laughs> saw the rioting in Dublin, for example, with people behaving like, you know, I mean, yeah. they were called all sorts of things yeah. at, at the time, some of it rather unfortunate commentary around it, even though I can understand. But they all have a story. Is, is yeah. that... My thing is, their behaviour is unacceptable before everybody jumps up and down. Yes. Should, should, there should be boundaries in place against it, 110%. But there is a story there. Yeah. Right. We don't come out of the womb aggressive. Yeah. We don't come out of the room with the womb hating people. Yeah. Now there's a womb world as well, and a lot goes on in there too. But that's a whole other day's work. But like we don't necessarily come out with that viciousness, that hate. That's and I'm not saying the behaviour is okay, not by a long shot. But if we don't seek to understand it, if we don't have a deeper look at it and try and make sense of it, right? Or even get them to try and make sense of it, which is more important because they need to make sense of their own behaviours. Our lives need to be examined by ourselves. We need to know why we do the things we do. We need to understand how was it for me. And uh, Susan, some of the brightest and the best would go along with this. Why don't we apply it? Because if we applied it properly, we wouldn't have any of the nonsense that we have now right around the world. Yeah, well, this is true. But I think it's because, look, I just feel that, like, there's so many protectors. Our parents had them, right? They pass them on. We pass them on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I suppose, if I was to give you an example now of, say, because I was, say, um, I would have ran from conflict, right? So I would have been passive. Because I did that, right? When I had children then, right? Because I wouldn't have started examining myself when I when I had the, when the lads were really small, but I would have, I would have. Oh, please don't be fighting! Please, this this is what would have went on. So they couldn't have even had a decent old argument around me. Do you know what I mean? Because you were scared of that. Because you, it was, it was frightening think, for me. Yes. Yeah. So like I'd be like, oh lads, please don't be fighting. You know this kind of sense of that. Whereas there's nothing wrong with a bit of conflict. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yeah. As long as they're not you know killing one another in the middle of it. But like. That's what I'm saying. So we pass that on. But can you deal with a, a, a situation of conflict now? Now, oh yeah, yeah, I'd be a lot Could better. You? Yeah, I would be a lot better now. I wouldn't wouldn't shy away from it. But that took years. So what I'm saying to you is, it takes years to put these protectors in place. Yeah. Yes. And if I felt uncomfortable now, if I felt that I didn't want to be around conflict, if I felt that it wasn't right for me now, I would remove myself and I wouldn't have an issue around it. Right. Mm. What I'm saying to you is, it's to do it consciously. Yes. It's to be aware of what your protectors are. It's to know that, like, I'd say I wouldn't need my that protector now in every situation I'd be in. But now I choose what I want for myself because now I'm listening to what's going on inside for me. How is this working for me now? Am I okay here? What do I need to do around it? Do I need to run away? Am I okay to stay here? Hmm. You, that, that's the difference. Does that make sense? It does make yeah. sense, yeah. yeah it does you know, make, make perfect sense. It's about yeah. listening in, not listening out. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, really what I've gained from uh, today is that it is a, a journey. I'm hugely impatient, for yes. example. I can't... De- I Slow people and cues and stuff. I, I, I get up to 90 about it. Yeah. I understand it's a reaction to something. Yeah. I know it shouldn't be the case, but I haven't conquered it yet. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose it's always to link it back. Yeah. You know... And, you know, who was impatient for you maybe when you were small? And I'm only guessing, do you know? And how was it, like, 
not to be seen to be doing things when you were told to do them when you were small. Not yeah. to be, you know, sitting around. Like, it's it's always linked back. I don't know how money throwing things out. Yeah, yeah. But you'll know what sits right for you. And it's about, if we'll come up for you when you're ready, when you find that lovely safety in relationship, because remember, it's true relationship that we create these protectors. So it's going to be true relationship that we'll be able to choose whether or not to of use course, them. Of course, yes. But my impatience, it doesn't harm or affect anybody other than me. It, it yeah. drives me nuts. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what and I mean? And the, the reason, now remember, all our feelings are for us and about us, right? So anything that comes up for us, right, is a message from ourselves. And remember I spoke before about the emergency feelings. So you know that sense of impatience, that really driving me nuts? Is yes. that the lovely word yes. you use? Like that sense of urgency. Yes. Yeah. Is an urgent message from yourself that you need to look inwards and mind yourself in this because it's something is coming up for you. Oh. And that's an opportunity, friend. You'll have to send me the bill, Susan, for, for, <laughs> for sure. If people want to talk to you, Susan, how can they do that? Sure, it's uh, info at emotionalwellbeing.ie and it's 086 Thanks, friend. All right, great to see you, Susan. Thanks very much indeed. We'll take a break. I'll be back to you in just a moment. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 